Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. I am the only actual father on this podcast, a.k.a. Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I enjoyed okay. today. <laughs> Your first name's a.k.a. as well. I'm, I'm just known as my name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm joined by Tyler Big Irby Urbach, a.k.a. Tyler Big Irby Urbach. <laughs> What's going on? So, thank you for listening in. Uh, today's episode, we are talking about the early games and who we would like to start or sit in week 14, which is probably the first week of your playoff schedule if you're in a decent fantasy league. If Uh-oh. not, it should be the last what? game of the regular season. Next week is the playoffs. <sighs> yep, I am jumping the gun here. And that's why you're here because you're smarter than me. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's because you're excited. You're excited. <laughs> I am excited. The playoffs are coming, and I'm getting antsy because there's a couple of leagues I'm really trying to eke it in on. So yeah, in this episode, we're talking about you know our the early games for week 14. Who we're starting or sitting? It's going to be eight early games. But before we dive into that, uh, let's talk about the formalities real quick. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Interact with us. Ask us questions. Start or sit. Really anything fantasy football related. We're going to interact with you, or just ask us what what's your favorite. Uh, taco place. So it can be Taco <laughs> John's. Uh, we're from the Northwest. If you don't know Taco John's, uh, walk around and find out. That's all I got to say. So <laughs> anyways, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter and wherever you're listening to us right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, plenty of other places. Make sure you like and subscribe. Give us five stars as a rating just for charity. It is Christmas season and the greatest gift is giving. So give us five stars, goddammit. And let's dive into this episode then. Early games, week 14. Before we do that, buys. Plenty of teams on buy this week. Probably the most teams on buy all season, which is kind of wild going into the you know the later half of this fantasy year. We have six teams on buy. It's going to be the Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, and the Washington Commanders. Plenty of fantasy-relevant players are not going to be in your lineup this week. You know, jump into my mind, it's going to be David Montgomery, um, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor. Alvin Kamara, Scary Terry. There's, there's a good amount of guys here. Yeah, Chris Olave, uh, Brian Robinson maybe. Yeah, yeah, plenty of guys. So you're going to be looking for guys to fill in for these games, and we're right here with you. We got guys on bye week, and we're trying to fill in with them. So... Let's dive into these early games and see if we can't find some guys that will fill in nicely for you. And if you're looking for guys on a waiver, it's too fucking late. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if you are interested, you're picking up bones now. Yeah, you're picking up bones. But I'll be honest, I I was on waivers late this week, and I did. Uh, I was able to pick up. Um, gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, the backup to Kenneth Walker on the Seahawks. DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas, he was available in one of my leagues. So, you know, it might not be too late, but if Kenneth Walker's not playing this week, DJ Dallas does look good. So, if he plays. If he plays, yes. Yeah, he's also out. (laughs) They both missed practice today. So, granted, that's a late game, so we won't jump too far into that. But Yeah, we'll dive into that uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this. This episode does come out on Thursday. Our late games come out on Friday, covering every single week of the season over the two, or of the week over these, uh, you know, two days. Thursday and Friday. But let's dive into the first game here. Thursday night football. 
My Raiders. Playing the Rams, baby. They are going to Los Angeles. Not too far. They're, um, they're going to play the Rams. And the Raiders are six-point favorites. The over-under is 44.5 points. Like I said before, Thursday night football game. Derek Carr has finally been on a bit of a roll. We liked him in the you know preseason. We were raving about him, being you especially. Uh, Jimbo, not as quite, and not as much. Um, which I guess I should say right now, Jimbo is not going to be on this episode, if you can't tell by now. <laughs> <laughs> since you haven't heard his voice yet. Yeah, since you haven't heard his voice, Jimbo, we're still missing him, but he will hopefully be back soon. But let's talk about Derek Carr. Been on a bit of a roll. He has finished as a quarterback one, a.k.a. You know, top 12 quarterback in three of his last five games, and he has not finished lower than quarterback 15 overall in any of those five games. This week, he gets a matchup against the Rams, who are surprisingly you know middle of the pack against quarterbacks. How do we feel about our boy, DC4? Oh, that's a new one, DC4, huh? Is that, is that well, just like Raiders knowledge over there? It is Raiders knowledge. It is. <laughs> All right. Um, I like Derek Carr this week. I know the matchup isn't spectacular on the season. Uh, the Rams are giving up a little more than 16 points a game. But recently, in the last four weeks, so over the last you know month of the season, that average has ticked up. It's now over 19 points a game in just the last four weeks. So their defense is playing worse. Uh, we did just see the Seahawks. Uh, have two receivers would go each over 100 yards against them last week so they're clearly more vulnerable now than they were at the beginning of the season probably because i think most of the team is kind of starting to pack it in you know they're losing a lot it's just not a good season for them so i think they're kind of starting to turn it off so because of that Derek carr should be in there as a qb1 again this week yeah i'm totally with you probably a lower end quarterback one but still quarterback one you know obviously Devontae adams must start josh jacobs must start um, Foster Moreau, we should probably talk about him on the field all the time. Very uh, touchdown dependent at this point, I would say, but not a horrible tight end start. I don't love Foster Moreau myself. I think he, uh, I, it just, he hasn't shown me anything most of the season, even when he's been playing, you know, I mean, he's been the starter since week seven, essentially, and He's had two good games that time frame. So it's, you know, two out of what, seven games. It's not a great sample size. Yeah, that's a good counter to my argument. I am a Raiders homer and I love what he does. So I'll be honest, I get fooled into starting him. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, if you want to hear, see the real stats on it, since he became the starter, he has two games of double digit uh, stats, right? That was against Indianapolis and then against Seattle, actually. But if you remove those two games, his next highest point total is only six points. Uh, God damn you. Either way, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Tight ends that are on the field all the time, you got to consider them if you're struggling with that tight end. I'll give you that. He's playing close to 100% of snaps um, since Darren Waller's been out. He... And I watch every Raiders game. I don't see any other tight end, honestly, seeing targets on this team. So he's not the best play, but he's definitely not the worst play. Give a little glance at Foster Moreau, definitely against the Rams. Just just glance at him. That's it. Just give him a little glance. Nothing else. 
glance at him. Just give him a peek, look, look him up and down, see what he is, and see that he's on the field the entire fucking time. And <laughs> be decently confident in that. So let's talk about the Rams side of the ball. Obviously a shit show of a season so far. A uh, bunch of quarterback news coming out uh, since our start set episode last week. You know, Matt Stafford was placed on IR, and it was confirmed that he has a spinal cord contusion. If you ask him about it, kind of like Mike Tyson, what's wrong? He just said it's final. It's just, it's a, <laughs> he's got a back injury. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, a spinal cord, essentially, he bruised his spinal cord. That is not, like, a small thing. You know how hard or how badly you have to get your shit whipped to, like, bruise your spinal cord? That's insane. We could ask the black community, um, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> you said whipped. I'm I sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's forgive just one me. Those, it's one of those things. And, you know, I mentioned when he first went on to uh, concussion protocol because it seemed really weird that happened. He was put placed on it midweek on Wednesday after the game. And I told you then, I was like, that seems really scary to me. There's something else going on here. It was. Like that doesn't just happen to have like all of a sudden these uh, these you know symptoms come out three days after the after the game. That's what was scary, and clearly we know now why. Yeah, so Matthew Stafford he's fucked up, likely to miss the rest of the season. The team says you know he will be able to have a healthy off season, which no shit he's not playing football. He's recovering. Yeah. So that's like the uh, dumbest thing ever. Thank you for writing that. Um, <laughs> but. Um, on Tuesday, they did pick up Baker Mayfield. So, you know, in the last few games, they've been starting John Wolford. Am I right? He got one star. Bryce Perkins got another. But Wolford's hurt again. They're not expecting him to be able to suit up. So right now, Bryce Perkins is the only, or before they picked up Baker Mayfield, was the only healthy quarterback on the roster. Okay, so how likely is Baker Mayfield going to start, you know, on Thursday? Very short week. He landed in Los Angeles on Tuesday night, which means he gets Wednesday to see what's going on with his offense. <laughs> uh, obviously, a uh, pretty complicated offense, you know. Um, I don't see it happening, but also at the same time, I would not be surprised if Baker Mayfield sees the field. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So if he does start the game, it'll be 52 hours after he was claimed off of waivers. That's how quick of a turnaround it was. They, I don't care. You could be Peyton Manning, dude. You're not going to uh, no exactly anyone's like playbook that fast. No, I I I know, and I agree with you. I think when I first heard when this first happened, they're like he could play Thursday. I'm like, there's no fucking way he plays on Thursday. There's just there just isn't. So, um, they I know that they sent him a copy of the playbook so he could study it on the flight over. You know, he had a six hour flight from. Carolina to LA, so he had some time to do it that way. <laughs> uh, he had six hours. Yeah, six hours. That's all you need, right? It's, it's like it's like you know cramming your your on the last day before your finals. Uh, Shooting now, for a fucking sixty five D. Yeah. Now, what I will say, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN today made a very good point that the system that he has ran in the past is actually part of the Sean McVay coaching coaching tree it had like kevin o'connor was there and matt lafleur like well i can't remember where it was at but he already had oh stefanski in in cleveland stefanski comes from that sean McVay coaching tree 
So some of the concepts and principles should still be the same. Now, obviously, verbiage and how much that changes is going to make the biggest factor. But the fact that he does have some knowledge of the overall concept of the playbook should help. So there is that. It gives him a little bit of a leg up. The biggest thing, though, is, guys, we're talking about Baker Mayfield. He has a QBR this year of 18.2. Since they started recording that stat, he is ranked 520th out of 521 QBs for a seasonal QBR. In how many years? How many quarterbacks? Well, okay, so that's over the course of every season. They've been doing QBRs now for probably, what, eight or like seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah, so with 30 guys, you know, like 180 players or so. Okay, Out of every season that they've been able to calculate for QBR, he has the second worst of all time. Okay, yeah, so Baker Mayfield sucks. We already know this. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's, a great, that's a great set to put out there. Um, obviously, we're avoiding this quarterback situation, which means you should probably avoid the wide receiver situation, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And the running back situation is a little interesting. Feels like a total fucking trap to me. You know, Cam Akers finally did something last week. 17 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns. Only one reception in the receiving game. Didn't do anything with it. Zero yards. Right. But he did have two touchdowns, so 18 points. He looks enticing. I'm not touching it. There's no way. No, I'm not falling for that either. I mean, it's just it's so this whole offense is so fucking confusing. Because like it literally looked like Kyron Williams is gonna be the guy, and then Kyron Williams barely played against the Seahawks. I just like, and we love him. We love Kyron Williams, but yeah. he ain't getting the work. Yeah, it's just like it's like there's no rhyme or reason to what they do on a week to week basis. I mean, them bringing in Baker Mayfield, and I swear, God, dude, if he plays on Thursday, it's they're so lucky they're in LA because this thing is a fucking soap opera. So you say the Raiders are must like they're a definite win? Yeah. Oh God, I'm heading down to the casino, boys. And, and honestly, dude, honestly, I think I take the points. Oh, the the six point favorite. Yeah, I think I take the points on that too. God, feels good to be a Raiders fan for once. Yeah. Maybe one. And of trust the me, there's a couple. Of, life. There's there's a couple lines this week that are goofier than the hell. And if I wasn't so damn busy, I would get out to the casino and make a bet myself. And I don't do that often, but I would want. There's like four or five games. I'm like, dude, I want to parlay these so badly. Well, shit. Speaking of crazy lines, let's talk about the next game. The Jets are playing the Bills in Buffalo. The Bills are nine and a half point favorites. A runner's forty four points. Does this does that uh that point spread eh. interest you at all? Nine and a half points. Is that what nine you're talking half, about? Half, or are we get nine, into nine, it later? No, no, that's later. But like this one's a little weird. But it, they are playing in Buffalo. The Jets are playing Mike White, and I think with Buffalo's defense, I think they're going to expose the hell out of him. So. I I think Buffalo nine and a half. I would I would lean that direction. Nine and a half. Fuck. I don't know about that. But oh, wait, you're... wait until you see the Dallas spread, dude. Oh shit! Yeah, Dallas does spread it pretty wide sometimes, and <laughs> totally get fucked. So <laughs> let's let's talk about this game though. Jets versus the Bills on the Jet side of the ball. Michael Carter uh, did practice fully on Wednesday and should retake. Running back one responsibilities. Zonovan Knight has been pretty productive in his absence. 
how do we feel this backfield shaking out? Don't forget, you know, James Robinson is still there. Like, what the I mean, hell is, is he, going on? <laughs> he's physically there. Um, like even last Dude. week when when Michael Carter was out, Robinson had like what three carries? I think. Let me double check that real quick. What's like the biggest right. tragedy in fantasy recent fantasy history? I honestly say is James Robinson being traded to the Jets and his usage just not existing. I mean. Even though he was like starting to take a backseat to ETN in Jacksonville, I think I, if I'm James Robinson, I would rather stay down there. At least you were getting more touches in his like three games since being in in uh, New York. He was a healthy scratch, and one of them has a total of eleven carries. In the other two, it's extremely disappointing because we know what he's capable of, but maybe oh, the yeah, change of scenery is you know changing things. So yeah, moving forward in that backfield, you know. Do you trust anybody? I mean, Michael Carter is probably someone I would maybe flex. See, I think Zonovan Knight has looked so well the last couple of weeks that um, he'd be the guy I'm leaning towards right now, especially because Carter is coming off of the injury. They do expect him to be able to play, but I think at least in this first game, it's going to be really close to a 50-50 split, if not exactly 50-50. I think Zonovan Knight has earned that role. Two, though, they are playing the Bills. And so... Because of that, I don't think I'm playing either one of them. Yeah, I'm with you. If I had to throw a dart, probably Michael Carter. I, I don't blame you for believing in Zonovan Knight because he's looked very good in his opportunities, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. I mean, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Zonovan just because I finally figured out how to pronounce the name correctly. It's not even hard, man. It's, I don't do. I don't know. There was a mental block on being able to say Zonovan. I don't know why. Is Donovan with a Z? I know. I'm just telling you, there was a mental block. It was like Zadonovan. That's what I kept trying to say. Big Irby's white, obviously, as you can tell. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's talk about Corey Davis. Pretty nice game last week. Can we trust him against the Bills? Obviously, strong defense. It's either Corey Davis or Garrett Wilson with Mike White at quarterback. Everything rests on Mike White if he's going to produce at quarterback. I said this last week. I don't believe in it. He couldn't put multiple weeks together in a row when he did fill in. How do you feel about these receivers if Mike White does produce? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, I'm still rolling with Garrett Wilson because he's been playing so damn well that I just think that his talent is too good. He'll have some open, some you know, be able to create space and have give Mike White some open throws that he should be able to take advantage of. But he's not going to play well enough to feed more than just one person and in, in, as a pass catcher. So. It's Garrett Wilson and no one else. And honestly, that's for this entire game. On the Jets in, in general, Garrett Wilson's the only person that I feel comfortable playing. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you. If there's someone to put my name on on the Jets, it's Garrett Wilson. And with a slight a slight highlight of Michael Carter, like a light yellow. Just yeah, maybe Michael Carter. <laughs> but you know, we'll see. If he scores touchdowns, that's really what it is at this point. Um, on the Bills side of the ball, James Cook. Is he taking over the backfield? We've been waiting for it to happen. Is this his time? Man, I don't know. I mean, it certainly seemed like it last week, but it's only one game. It's, you know, a single game, and that could have just been game script in the way that it was going. Because, I mean, the game before, he only had 18% of, of uh, snaps. So I don't want to say for sure. I'm not going to you know jump on that bandwagon right away. But I'm not saying it's not happening. It could be. You know, this locomotive might st be starting to roll here. Uh, an inter an uh, interesting point you brought up there. You know, 18% of snaps. He had five targets in the passing game, though. 
He did. So, um, you know, in the limited time he saw the field, you know, he had five targets and had two carries. So, you know, seven looks and, you know, 18% of snaps, what, that's probably 12 snaps, something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing that number out there. Being on there in the fifth of the, of the field, fifth of the game. Um, yeah, some, some oh, along those lines, yeah. Either way, in the last two weeks, he has 11 targets in games where he hasn't seen more than 50% snap percentage. And last week, obviously, 14 carries for 64 yards. It, it, it's enticing for sure. I mean, if this guy sees the field a lot, it's like someone they're, they, they're definitely comfortable with in the passing game. And obviously, he's going to be splitting carries in the backfield. So he he's interesting. He someone is. I might take a flyer on this week. You would do it this week already? Position. You do it this week already? In the flex position, you know, if you're in a risky position trying to make that make the playoffs, you got a uh, somewhat weaker team. Why not? Why not throw James Cook in the flex? He's getting Could those looks in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, and we are talking about there are, there are quite a few running backs on by this week that you might need to. I mean, you're talking about Cordell Patterson, um, Dave Montgomery, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Brian Robinson, like. Literally every team that's on by has a really good running back that normally you'd be playing. So you might not have a choice. You might need a guy to be able to flex in there. So I like I do agree with you that way where, you know, he gives you a high a high upside type of pick. I am not going to bank on him really breaking out this game and that the takeover is happening right this second. I would like to wait one more week, honestly. Um, but, you know, it could be slim pickings out there for who you can throw in your flex because of all the by all the teams on by. Dude, I'm diving off the deep end. I'm just going to say it right now. James Cook, at least flex-worthy. With all those running backs out this week, 11 targets in the last two weeks. He's he's competing with Devin Singletary, who has three. Devin Singletary does have 27 carries in the last two weeks, but James Cook still had more carries than him last week. So I, yeah. things might be changing. And we know how it is in the NFL. Things change so fast. This might be a good week to capitalize on that. Well, hopefully you're diving into the actual deep end and not the shallow. Uh, we'll see. You know, if I dive in that shallow end, it's it, it's worth the paralyzation. We'll see what happens. Yeah, if you have a team that's on the wor- uh, on the fringe of the playoffs, why not just send it? You gotta just try for it. I mean, yeah. Let's I, say this is the last week, so let's say you need a win to get in, right? Then you need to play the upside guys. Like you have to take that risk, unless you know that the team you're playing is terrible and you're going to beat them regardless. Which, if you're in that league, uh, give us a link next year, and we will join that <laughs> league with you. Well, you never know. I mean, you don't know how the schedule shakes out. Maybe the guy that you know you're playing has terrible luck, and you have he had like Brees Hall and and Cooper Cup both go down and are on IR or some shit like that. You know? Oh, you mean like someone who drafted Javante Williams and uh, who's yes. the other running back on IR? I'm oh, in a couple of leagues where I did Bre- that. Brees Hall is on IR. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm Rashad Penny. A maybe leagues. granted he was a, yeah. a deeper pick, but that's what I was thinking of. I have Rashad Penny and Javante Williams in a couple leagues. I got pretty effed at running back, but you know, if you have James Cook, you're not looking bad. So, with that being said, let's talk about Gabe Davis. Extremely inconsistent. But at the same time, top 20 receiver uh, in standard leagues, number 27 in PPR leagues. How do you feel about him against the Jets playing at home? Man, he's just like, I know like the explosive plays are there. He still gets a decent target share, but man, like 
He's just not doing a ton with the ball um, as of late. We have to go back a ways before we see any kind of like even back-to-back decent game. He's been anchored by a 30-point performance in week five. Yes. Miss week two. Um, he, you know, he has one, two, three, four, five weeks with less than six points. It's a, a definition of boomer bust. And you know me. I like my consistency. I, I'm not messing with Gabe Davis. Yeah. I mean, right now, if you especially if you take away that 30-point game, he has more games under six points than he does over 10 points. He only has three games of double-digit points if you take away that 30-point game. Oh, Big Irby with a quick math. I like it. So I'm with you. I, I just it's too volatile for me to to roll him at this point. It's way too up and down. Um, he, he was playing more consistently at the beginning of the year. And it's probably because, of, you know, better weather. But right now he's playing in Buffalo in December. So I, I, I just can't can't take it. honestly if I'm going to I'd actually take Isaiah McKenzie over him this week. He's Isaiah McKenzie is getting much more consistent work and doing a little more with it um, over the last you know mm-hmm. month or so. Yeah, and I'm totally with you. Definitely with you on that one. Isaiah McKenzie, someone we talked about quite a bit, but you know, it seems like he's getting more work. So I like him a lot more than Gabe Davis. I need consistent I need consistency, especially as we're getting, you know, later into this year trying to break into the playoffs. Let's talk about our next game. The Cleveland Browns going into Cincinnati, so they're traveling like an hour away. Uh <laughs> to play the Bengals. The Bengals are six point favorites. Over unders, forty seven points. On the Brown side of the ball, Deshaun, a.k.a. Massage Watson, he did win his Browns debut, not really because of him, because they did not score a single offensive touchdown. How do we feel about the Browns' offense? Honestly, I'm I'm down on this offense with Jacoby Brissett being out. Yeah, with, you know, if Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb going against the Bengals, I feel the same about Nick Chubb. I feel less about Amari Cooper. Maybe I'm the only person here, but with Deshaun being in, it's going to take a couple of weeks for you know things to smooth out. It's hard to trust Amari Cooper. I'm I'm flexing him just because I, he's been killing it this year. But how do you feel about these guys? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And obviously, that was the risk that we talked about with you know Deshaun coming back into this lineup. Uh, we knew that there could that could happen, and the chances of him coming in and hitting the ground running after not playing for two full seasons is was, you know, extremely, extremely unlikely to happen. <clears throat> so I'm with you. I am having to downgrade um, all of them this week. They scored 27 points last week without a single offensive touchdown. It's the most in NFL history. Damn, that's a nice little stat point there. I Is mean, Nick Chubb, though, obviously, he's still RB1. You cannot do it. Oh, yeah. No, you have to. He's still, I mean, he's still probably the best pure runner in the league. Um, that doesn't change. I mean, last week, essentially, he had a pretty traditional stat line that he normally he had 17 carries, 80 yards. So that's almost five yards a carry. But he didn't mm-hmm. get the end zone. That was the the biggest difference, honestly. Yeah, well, when you can't pass the ball, makes sense because Deshaun Watson sucks. Been calling it, but, you know, it, time will tell. You've been calling it, dude. The last time he played was before we even started doing the podcast. Yeah, but I, I've been saying he's going to come back. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's it's been too long. Maybe maybe next year. It's time has passed for yeah, this season. No, I, and, and I I'm with you there. I think you know reevaluate him over the off season because I'm sure he'll be much better next season. 
Yeah, next season, which doesn't matter because we're trying to win our goddamn fantasy championships. Yeah. Get me all riled up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just have a, a soft spot for a massage therapist. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the Bengals side of the ball. Yeah, the Bengals do expect Joe Mixon to clear concussion protocol this week. He has been on it for the last two weeks, which if you listen to this podcast, we talked about that two weeks ago. Last time he was in concussion protocol, which I think was last year, he was also in that for two weeks. For whatever reason, Joe Mixon tends to be in concussion protocol for longer than usual. But he should be good this week. Joe Mixon, obviously, must starter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He has to be. He was in the final step of concussion protocol, um, where basically he had to, with or endure actual contact, and then not show any symptoms after the fact. They are reporting he did do a full practice today, and so as long as he shows basically no symptoms tonight through tomorrow, they should clear him. Yeah, which unfortunately means Samaj P. Ryan, you might have to just bench him. But man, he's been looking good. Well, that's why he's a handcuff, right? That's the whole point. He's one of the best mm-hmm. handcuffs in the league. That's one of the reasons why, like, in a couple of leagues, I did have Joe Mixon. I had Samaj P. Ryan. I had, and I had Joe Mixon in two leagues. I had P. Ryan in both. I actually traded away Mixon, and I just kept P. Ryan anyway, so I didn't have any reason to drop him. And then Mixon got hurt, the, like, the next week. And so P. Ryan's killed it for me the last two weeks, even though I had no need to have him on my roster. Uh, you probably catch me because Samaj P. Ryan can lift a car or whatever. Uh, yes. Whatever, whatever story you told me recently. <laughs> <laughs> his true old story. college story true story he, he lifted a car so he, to help this lady change her tire because she didn't have a jack his homeboy is jacked <laughs> if you don't know look it up if you don't know Find now you know yourself. if you don't know you know now uh, Jamar Chase came back after missing you know uh, four games with a hip injury did not miss a beat obviously wide receiver one but with his return, now we got to think about the other receivers. You know, T. Higgins probably becomes a wide receiver two, and Tyler Boyd, are, are you messing with him? Wide receiver three? How do we feel about this, you know, receiving core? You know, yeah, I think you can miss with, with Boyd this week just because the there's so many people on by, you know, and that includes receivers. But even, you know, he's still a rec- receiver 28 on the year. So he's actually been firmly in place of that flex territory anyways. I think you're okay elevating him a little bit because there's, you know, so few guys to go with right now. So the Bengals have three receivers in the top 30? Yes, they do. Makes sense. Joe Burrow's thrown for a ton of yards, but damn, that's impressive. Very interesting point you got there. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and even then, like, if you want to be like, oh, well, you know, Tyler Boyd's stats were were padded because Jamar Chase out. It's actually not true. Um, in the four games Jamar Chase didn't play, Tyler Boyd had 6.9, 5.2, 2.6, and 8 points in those four games. So he actually played like crap with Jamar Chase out. Oh, so he benefits from Jamar Chase being in. Yeah, because there's less coverage on him. He gets to play, basically play strictly out of the slot at that point. Mm, you heard it here first. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver three. Jamar Chase is back. Flex him. Flex that Boyd. Let's talk about the next game. Jacksonville Jaguars going into Tennessee to play the Titans. Titans are three and a half point favorites. The over-under is 41 and a half points. Pretty low over-under. But on the Jags offense, let's just talk about them. They forgot they were playing the Lions last week, and they totally shit the bed. Did not take <laughs> advantage of the fact that the Lions you know, are a struggling defense. But uh, 
I think this is a discussion to have in our different episode, but the Lions, they are, they're getting better as the season goes on. Yes. So they're not as horrible as they seem. Either way, the Jags did not have a very good day. What do we expect, you know, from Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk against the Titans? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was all over the Jags last week, and I said that it was going to be a high-scoring game. And the Lions came through and said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to score a lot of points. They just put up 40. The Jaguars, I think, had 13. So they forgot to show up to the football game that was supposed to be high-scoring and be a shootout. And Trevor Lawrence and, and company were supposed to give you a lot of points on the fancy basis. I'm sorry it didn't happen. But I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Because I was dude, I was big on I was like, dude, Trevor Lawrence is going to kill it. He's going to give you huge numbers. I, that should have gone you know, hand-in-hand with Chris, Kirk giving you big numbers. But it's redemption time. They come back and do it this week. All right? Oh, as a I'm, sneak peek, I I'm saw <laughs> you have one of these guys as your starts of the week. I do. Sure. I'm, I'm doubling down here, okay? I, I know I just lost, but they're coming back, all right? We're, we're going to be the comeback kids. So <laughs> I did that with Derek Carr like four weeks in a row. It's a dangerous, <laughs> it's a dangerous game to play. That was the beginning of the season, uh, different Derek Carr. but Yeah. So and I will say, I think Lawrence and Christian Kirk both have very good days. Travis Etienne. You have to play him because he's playing so well and you have so many guys on by. But I would certainly temper expectations here that he's playing one of the absolute monsters when it comes to, you know, running the ball against the Titans, kill teams against the run. But they give up an insane amount of yards through the air. I, it's a weird the way that it works out, but that's the way, way it does. So um, I would say ETN's probably a low end RB2 this week just because of, you know, the matchup. Should be noted, Trevor Lawrence actually did end up on the uh, injury report today with a sprained big toe. <laughs> he's expected oh, yeah. to play. He says he says that's the plan. He's going to play. But honestly, if you see the play he injured himself on, I cannot believe it's just a sprained big toe. This dude got rolled up on so badly to where normally guys are breaking bones and tearing ligaments. Honestly, a big toe sprain sounds uh, sounds like it sounds miss. awful two weeks at work and I'm 30 years old. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I have not seen the play you're talking about, but <clears throat> if it's just a big toe sprain, I mean, which foot, you know, his, you know, his back, right. He is right-handed, right? He's a righty. I don't remember what foot it's on. I'd have to look. Well, that's important. God damn it. Big you're right. Army. It is. Because if it's on his right <laughs> foot, foot, his plant foot, that's going to take a lot more exactly. stress on the toe. Or if it's his front foot, it would be better. Yeah, so um, do unlike us and look into which foot that is. So if it's his <laughs> left foot, then it probably doesn't matter as much. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm totally with everything you said. Travis Etienne lower, you know, RB2. Christian Kirk still definitely worth starting, in my opinion, even if Trevor Lawrence is hobbled just because of the, you know, the amount of work he does get. Yeah, he's very you know integrated into this offense. Let's talk about the Titans though, which uh, I don't really want to, but whatever, let's do it. You know, the Titans' passing offense not not the best. They didn't do shit against the Eagles, which we all expected. And during that game, they lost Traylon Brooks to a concussion, which unfortunately means, in my opinion, that you know if Traylon Brooks misses the game, which he you know this week's game, which he's likely to do, their passing offense doesn't exist. Yeah, so, I mean, it's Derrick Henry. Uh, Traylon Burks did not uh, practice on Wednesday. So, obviously, 
he has to get through protocol before Sunday. And since we've mentioned a couple times, since the whole Tua situation early in the year, teams are being a lot more safe when it comes to head injuries and they are not trying to rush people back in. So they're letting him sit out a week um, just out of precaution. Yeah, so he ain't going to be there. Their offense is probably not going to exist besides Derrick Henry, which has honestly been very inconsistent this year. Obviously, you're going to start Derrick Henry, but you can't expect much from him, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean why can't you expect, expect much from Derrick Henry? I mean, they're playing the Jags, and they're not a, a crazy good defense, and Derrick Henry kind of owns the Jaguars, like, he makes them look stupid most of the, most of the time. So I, Derrick Henry should be just fine. Oh, he's definitely a must start, but I'm not expecting him to put up, you know, 30 points. If if their offense is so limited, we're the only guys that know this. They can't pass the ball, stack right, the box, but, or I do mean, whatever you need to do. Up until the, you know, two weeks prior to this game, they hadn't passed the ball all year, really. So and Henry was still playing monster numbers. But those two prior weeks was when Traylon Brooks was healthy. You guys yeah. see what I'm saying? I feel like he's like the X factor in this offense. So, you know, it, it opens things up for him. Yeah, I would I would say Derrick Henry still gives you RB1 numbers um, regardless. I think you're pretty much locked in for at least 15 <clears throat> points out of, out of the big guy. Yep, I agree with you. I just, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, way <laughs> to counter me. Uh, I agree with you, and <laughs> I have no counter to your counter. So let's talk about the Texans playing the Cowboys in Dallas. Holy shit. I told you, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Cowboys are 17-point favorites. The over-under is 45 points. No fucking way. I can't believe I just read that. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, so the Cowboys are 17-point favorites at home. <laughs> Let's talk about the Texans. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Uh, so the only person we can really talk about on the Texans uh, is going to be... I'm about to cry. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm going to gather myself. Holy shit. Okay. So Damian Pierce. This is the only person we really give a shit about on the Texans offense. But in the last three games, he's only scored like 17 fantasy points combined. My eyes are burning because I'm crying right now. Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, now he goes up against Dallas, right? Apparently yeah. the third toughest defense against running backs on the season. <laughs> How do we feel about Damian Pierce? <laughs> um... I don't I don't love him, that's for sure. Uh he was you know, he was really the fantasy darling this year because he was he came out of nowhere in the preseason and I know his status, his draft status really started to skyrocket towards, you know, as we got closer to the season, but he's he earned it. You know, he was killing it all year and the last few weeks just has hit a wall, man. And I don't know if it's like that rookie wall they talk about all the time, or if it's literally just the the wall the defensive line puts up because their offensive line sucks so much. I don't know which way it is, but honestly, against Dallas, I'm looking elsewhere. If I if you can, it's hard to look elsewhere with you know the amount of people that are on by this week. But man, if I can, I think I'm sitting Pierce. Fuck, 
you're in a good position if you are sitting Pierce because you know he's at least your RB two. Yeah. You know, in the last couple games, I mean, who are they? I think they were starting Kyle Kyle Allen at quarterback. You know, the last couple of weeks for and the Texans. He's, he's atrocious. He's atrocious. Apparently, Davis Mills is back, which someone we root for, but you know, honestly, is he's not that guy. He's going to be the starting quarterback this week. Um, and in those two weeks out, you know, Damian Pierce was definitely struggling. But when Davis Mills is the starting quarterback, he seems to do okay. I think he's at least flex worthy for me, especially with a running back that's getting that much work. I, you, I know. it's a scarce it's a scarce running back landscape, man. You, you can't you're a ballsy motherfucker if you're sitting Damian Pierce this week. Yeah, I mean now granted we have to admit he did bounce back last week against Cleveland. Um, part of the issue for whatever reason against Washington Miami they quit giving him the ball. He had a total of 15 carries in those two games. You know he still played based on the same amount of snaps. I don't know why they decided to you know not give him the ball. Last week against Cleveland, they kind of got back to what to the norm, and they gave him 18 carries. You know, more of what he's been on doing this entire season. So he had a good he had a good average. He scored you 11 points, which is obviously the the biggest portion of the 17 points he scored over the last three games. Just against Dallas, it's scary. Um, like I said, I think I would look to sit Pierce if you have the ability to. The chances of that happening, as you said, Trey, are, are pretty slim. Pretty slim. I'm still. I'm digesting this point spread, 17 spread. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever seen this point spread of that much in the NFL. Uh, the better in me wants to take the under on that, but God damn, 17. It's Vegas. hard because Dallas has just blown out, like, the Vikings and whoever they played last week, the Colts, by, like, you know, 40 points apiece. So it's hard. Like, you see that, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, should take the under. But then you're like, oh, God, it's the Texans. And the Cowboys look like unbeatable uh, over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I don't know. Is, I don't know which way I'd go either, but it's pretty crazy. Oh, man, my eyes are still burning from crying. That is crazy. That was a you know, uh, crying from laughter. Good feeling, but it also burns in the uh, in the retinas. Let's talk about the Cowboys that apparently just going to completely shit all over the Texans. Yeah. Zeke and Tony Pollard must starts. I mean, they, they totally killed the Colts last week. Now they get, we would talk about it all year. Honestly, if you got a running back against the Texans, well, yeah. that's money. That's money all day. So now you got Zeke and Tony Pollard, both of them. I mean, why would you even hesitate? Right? Yeah, I don't think you can. I mean, I know like last week I said that, you know, the shoot, the other, the other shoes going to fall on Zeke here sometime, but it's not going to be this week against Houston. It just isn't. Um, I'm sure he'll still get his 17 carries and probably 80 yards and a touchdown. Like he could probably very much do more because it's the Texans, but that's basically been what like his minimum has been the last three games. I haven't felt this bad about a team in a long time. God, I feel bad for the Texans. I feel like, <laughs> uh, God, man, they're going for that number one pick. That's all they want, man. If, if they win this game, Vegas can just eat a dick, but <laughs> That's There's so unlikely. No, dude. For them to win this game, the Cowboys team, never mind, they're at home. Never mind. I would say like their team plane would have to crash or something, but they're at home, so they, they don't have to go anywhere. Well, at home, I mean, shit, it's like an hour, 
I know Texas is big. I don't know. Two hours, three hours away from Houston. I don't know. Whatever. We're from the Northwest. I think Texas it's a decent drive. Yeah, I think huge. it's like, I think it's some like I think it's a similar to like the distance between here and Seattle actually. Which would be four hours if you're driving from the Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Michael Gallup. Let's wrap this up right here on the Cowboys side of the ball. Michael Gallup had a pretty good Thanksgiving Day game. You know, a couple of touchdowns against the Colts. Can he make it three in a row against the Texans? What do you mean by three in a row? Three in a row. Uh, Sorry, the touchdown? I, I, I was just reading that. Um, so he had a pretty good Thanksgiving Day game. Then he followed that up with a pair of touchdowns against the Colts. There was two games. Uh, right? I realized that I basically forgot half that sentence. Okay, so basically, can he make it three <laughs> weeks in a row with touchdowns, right? Yeah, and just having having a good, a good game. Um, like he's put up, you know, two two solid games in a row, which we've been waiting for him to see. So, can he keep it up this week against the Texans, who just get ran all over? I mean, at this point, it seems like we're just all Cowboys. Like, <laughs> yeah, I will just, say, like. I, I don't think Gallup puts it back together this week. And it's only because and the Houston's only good against quarterbacks and receivers because they're so bad against running back. Teams literally just don't ever have to throw the ball against them. And if they do, it's in the first quarter and then they're up 21 and they don't have to throw the ball again. Like that's what it is. They're Houston statistically is the second best defense against quarterbacks. Only giving up under they're giving up under 13 points a game. That's only because you never have to throw the damn ball against them. I'm mostly with you. My my point was going to be kind of like Dalton Schultz. Once Dak Prescott came back, things did produce for them. You know, their their numbers upticked. But Michael Gallup has been so hit or miss. I just, I mean, fuck it. This week, I guess, throw him out there. But he's only scored three touchdowns on the season, two last week. Like Right. I mean, well, he missed a, a big chunk of the season, but. He did, yeah. He missed the earlier part of the season. Yeah, the three games. But the. You know, the games he did play, he, the first time he broke double-digit points was last week, thanks to his two-touchdown performance on 23 yards. I'm I'm iffy on that one. I am, I'm definitely too. iffy on Michael Gallup. I am, too. The week before, he had actually his probably best game of the season where he had eight targets and five catches for 63 yards. He didn't get, get in the end zone, but, you know, I'm, the production was there. You know, the overall production was, bare, was there, which I liked. But again, against Houston, like they don't have to throw the ball, they, and they won't throw the ball. They're just gonna run it, and so Michael Gallup should not be thought about being put into any lineup right now. Yep, I'm totally with you. Let's move on past that. Just segment the, the first one. I think where my eyes are burning. Um, holy shit! Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings playing the Detroit Lions in Detroit. The Lions are two and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty three and a half points. The highest over under we're going to be talking about during these eight early games. Um, are you surprised? Yeah. The choice favored. I am surprised. Uh, we I think, think we have a little mistake here in the document, but it's, but it's no, fine. No, no, just just read um, Okay, I'll just I'll just trust you. Here we go. Here we go. So you know, apparently the you know, the ja- the Jaguars were not able to take advantage of the matchup last week against the Lions. I see where you're going here. Um, do we expect the Vikings to take advantage of the Lions? Obviously, a defense. We talked about this a little bit. You know, a defense that was susceptible earlier in the year, not quite as much as the season progresses. Seems like they're kind of putting things together. So. 
if the Vikings are able to take advantage of the Lions' defense of earlier in this season, does that put Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen into your starting lineup? Well, I think Kirk Cousins, for sure, um, the matchup is is too damn good that way. Um, I will say, though, even though they've been playing better, if you want to look at just, the, let's say, the last month of the season, against quarterbacks, the Lions are still giving up the most points in the in the league over the last four weeks at 27 points per game versus the Jaguars at 25. So they're still giving up a ton of points. Um, I mean, I would I would expect the the Minnesota Vikings and how explosive this offense can be with Cousins and uh, Jefferson Cook out of the backfield, T.J. Hawkinson. They should all have pretty darn good games. So yeah, I would expect that the uh, the Vikings can can keep it going here. Thielen, on the other hand, is a little I don't know because like even against good matchups, he's you know not been great, and against you know bad or against you know hard matchups, he's played very well again. So a little confusing on what to go with Thielen here. I think Thielen's been confusing all year to me. Um, you know, in recent years past, very touchdown dependent, but also you could kind of rely on, uh, you know, his yardage, but the yardage has decreased, you know, especially in PPR leagues. I, I'm I'm kind of fading Adam Thielen right now. It's, like I said, it, it's totally touchdown dependent. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's totally fucking you. If you put him in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, he's only scored three touchdowns all season. And if you remove those games, he only has one other game above double digits. And that was way back in week four against New Orleans. So it's pretty tough to rely on him um, any week. I mean, when we talk about touchdown dependency, you don't really want to say that too much about a receiver. You'll you'll live with it when it comes to your, like, your tight end position. But when you're talking about a number two or a flex play receiver, you don't want him to be so touchdown dependent. Honestly, if he didn't have the name, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Thielen was a waiver wire guy in a lot of leagues. You know, that's if, a good point. It, with the usage, the the stats he's putting up, it's it's purely his name at this point. Yeah, so, I mean, and you know, he is the receiver thirty one on the season, so he's like just kind of bordering, you know, flex play. Um, but you know, I, I'm with you. I think. His 90% roster percentage, if he didn't have the name of Adam Thielen and how good he has been for so long, then I think you're right. I think you we see that roster percentage, you know, close to probably, you know, 60%. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now for the season, and uh, they're a little bit better than the player I'm going to bring up, but um, Mac Hollins for the Raiders, you know, someone who's probably rostered in maybe 50% of leagues, Getting a decent amount of targets, just like Adam Thielen, scoring touchdowns very inconsistently, but does score them and makes a couple big plays here and there. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, like I, for, I think we drove our point home with him. Like, yeah, just one, one other little thing there. Honestly, I would take Tyler Boyd, who's the number three receiver in that offense, over Adam Thielen, who's the number two receiver in their offense. That's a great point to make, and I'm totally with you on that one. That that kind of that, that speaks volumes as far as you know how much things have changed in two years with Adam Thielen. So let's talk about the Lions. DeAndre Swift. Oh, love talking about DeAndre Swift. Um, <laughs> his usage went up last week. So you know he did play more than fifty percent of the snaps. Got fourteen carries, six targets. Do we think this will continue going forward? I mean, obviously, when he's healthy, DeAndre Swift is the guy. But it's like when he's healthy, right? But I mean, and Grant, 
he did wind up on the injury report today. He didn't have nothing came out. Oh. After the game. <laughs> oh. Who would have called it? The weird thing is nothing came up after the game. Um, he was kind of placed on it today. I, it might have been more of a rest thing, though, because he still practiced on a limited basis. It's an ankle injury. So I think it's, it's more him just than just being kind of, you know, managing his pain and things like that right now. Ah, whatever, man. This guy's always on the injury report. <laughs> I I hate to be that dude. I don't want to be a hater, but goddamn. Like, it's just constantly, constantly. So uh, let's talk about Jamal Williams. You know, he did take a backseat to DeAndre Swift. He got 11 carries, held to 35 yards. Not a bad stat line, you know, averaging just over three yards a carry. The best, not the worst. Definitely not what you want to hear. But he did score another one-yard touchdown to keep that touchdown streak alive. Jamal Williams continues to be that consistent running back in the Lions' backfield. I called it victory lap, Daytona 500. I'm doing donuts in the fucking victory lane. Except, you want to talk about touchdown dependency. I mean... Uh, I mean, he's scoring at an insane clip. He has 14 touchdowns. He's the lead leader in touchdowns. Um, yes. But I think it's like eight of those are legitimately one-yard touchdowns. And then he only has one touchdown that's longer than like 10 yards. And it was like a 41-yard run. Other than that, every touchdown he has is within 10 yards. Do you remember a player who wore the yellow and black known as the bus? Okay, I th- I feel like you're okay. <laughs> Here's one. I feel like you're taking too much away from Jerome Bettis at the end of his career, which is when you would have known him a little more, versus at the beginning of his career when he was an absolute. He's not a Hall of Famer just because like he won a Super Bowl in, in Pittsburgh. He was such a beloved figure. He's in the Hall you're of Fame. You're older than me. I've seen it, but I watched football religiously probably long before you did. You didn't get Don't into football until I, hey, come on. Just let it, like I remember the early bus days. I remember him, you know, when he went when he first got traded to the Steelers, he was a he was a gem. If you go back and look at his at his stats and his tape when he was in LA when the Rams were there the first time, absolute stud. You've never seen a guy his size with that kind of quick feet. You hadn't seen it. I'm I'm just saying stat line wise. It seems very similar. It doesn't matter, dude. Touchdowns being scored, right? I mean, he's scoring at, an, at a ridiculous clip. Like we know this. Like the fact that he's scoring this many touchdowns is insane. He only has what four games without a touchdown this year. Like that's really damn good. But in those games, if you want to point it out, in those games he has six, five, four, and then ten points. So only one of those games did he actually still give you a decent fantasy finish without a touchdown. And that would have included this last week. You remove that touchdown, he has three points. Touchdowns are there. You want to talk about touchdown players? Someone you like, James Conner. Not scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Last year, scoring hella touchdowns. He was also... Williams is scoring them. James Conner last year was also heavily involved in the passing game. Heavily. I'm just going to die on this Jamal Williams hill. (laughs) I know. How are you going to kill me? Just you have to decide how, because I would die on this hill. One way or the other. Jamal, like... He's the guy. Jamal Williams is the guy. Deandre Swift, his ankle 
is hurt or whatever. I don't know. He's always hurt. Swift. I don't know what I'm trying to get out of here. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, Dander Swift, yeah. You see what I'm saying. Jamal Williams is that guy. Victory lap. I'm doing donuts. Daytona 500. Whatever you say. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> It, like it's the more I look at it, the more it's like it's only touchdowns. It is, but I mean, it is what it is. Because even with the touchdown streak, like the week before, another nine point game only, and he only got there because he had a touchdown. And then he had he, the game before that he had three touchdowns. So okay, we'll ignore that one. But then even before that, like he had fifty nine yards. If he doesn't score a touchdown, it's not a good day. Like that's just what we're seeing with him. If he's not scoring. Then he's not having a good day. That's a very good point. But they get in the end zone and they use him. I know. They they use him in the red zone. I understand that. It's just I don't I it's just not something we ever been able to bank on. He's honestly at this point, Jamal Williams season in terms of the way he's scoring is a complete anomaly when you look at like NFL history. Oh, it definitely is. I, I just to drive the point home and wrap this game up. Or on this side of the ball, I guess. Dangerous if next year, first or second round pick for you. Yeah. God, I hate you. <laughs> How ta- is that possible? The talent is too good. The talent is too good. You can't bank on on injury. Like you can't just expect it to happen. We said the same thing about Keenan Allen the first three years of his career, and then he went seven straight seasons of just hundred catches and a thousand yards. Ah, that's a good point too. God damn you. You're the worst, you know that. <laughs> I'm very good at arguing. Yeah, well you know too much about football and <sighs> fuck off. Whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> let's talk about the Lions receivers. Um, you know. It seems they the Lions, they finally found a running mate for Amon Ra this season. And it's not going to be Jamison Williams. Obviously, he was activated off, you know, the PUP list. Rookie receiver. We haven't seen him do anything yet. Well, he, he played all eight snaps in his NFL debut. So, exactly, yeah. So you know, Jamison Williams, his time might come, but you know, the the person who's going opposite Amon Ross St. Brown, which the Lions do need, it might be DJ Shark, who scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago, and last week had six targets, five catches, and ninety eight yards. Pretty solid, you know, pair of weeks going on for DJ Shark, who, God, we loved him on this podcast, but it's like the usage. We needed the usage. Where is the usage at? It's finally coming about. So how do you feel about DJ Shark? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, I want to see a little more from him, but I think we could see him being a really decent flex play for most of the playoff. You know, the it, it's been hard for him. He's missed, what, one, two... He missed seven games and most of another one. Um, and so he just hasn't been on the field much this year. But the last two games, it seems like he's finally healthy and he's you know starting to show what flashes what we saw from him in Jacksonville. So I think he could end up being a good flex play for, you know, going into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, he's getting good, good usage and their offense is putting up, you know, solid enough numbers that. He's definitely flex worthy, which is nice to say, you know, DJ Shark, when he got traded to them, we we're like, well, what's going on? 
and well, he was a free agent. He, he was he signed. He left Jacksonville. You know, traded through free agency, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> got traded by being released. Either way, you know, it, it, interesting ad for them, and it's nice to see that like come along in the last couple of weeks. Hopefully, it does continue. So yeah. Honestly, even next character. year would be even more interesting when you have Jameson Williams fully back from the injury, and then you can com- you can pair the three of them together of Amon Ra, DJ Shark, and Jameson Williams. That would be a pretty darn good uh, receiving core, and they're all super young still as well. So somebody that a group that could you know really coalesce and play together for quite some time. That's a really good point. They have a very solid core moving forward. Let's talk about the Eagles. Going into New York to play the Giants. Eagles are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 45.5 points. On the Eagles side of the ball, Devonta Smith had a pretty good game last week against the Titans. Been pretty inconsistent this year. Uh, someone I sorted a lot more from myself, I would say. Uh, this week, can he keep it up against the Giants? Who is, you know, the Giants are a pretty good defense across the board. So... How do you feel about Devontae Smith? Obviously being the wide receiver two for the Giants. AJ Brown's a must start. Jalen Hurts, blah, blah, blah. You know what it is. How do you feel about Devontae Smith? Um, I think um, this week I'm back into him being a borderline flex play. So last week we talked about a lot. You know, um, the Titans are so good against the run. And the Eagles are like, okay, fine. We just won't run the ball. I think they had, they only had 21 rushing attempts last week, which I, would have to double check the stats. I'm pretty sure it's the lowest they've had all season. Um, and they just decided, okay, we'll pass the ball. I know that uh, Jalen Hurts threw the ball more than he had all season long. He had 38 pass attempts where I think his previous high was only 34. So they're like, we're going to go come in here and throw the ball because we know running the ball the Titans is really hard. So with them this week, I think they'll go back to the running game, which is their bread and butter. And you'll have to, you know, devalue Devontae Smith enough to where He's a borderline flex play. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. He he's basically been a borderline flex play for me. Yeah, most of the season. Yeah, so I'm with you on that one. Um, on the Giants side of the ball, the Eagles' defense one of the best defenses in the league. They pretty much stopped everybody this year, shut everything down. They know what they're doing. So, obviously, we're not touching anyone in the Giants passing game, which I, I don't think we have all year. <laughs> no, Darius Slayton's kind of enticing because he has been putting up decent numbers over the last you know three or four games. But it's the Eagles. So, yeah, not touching anybody on the passing game. Yeah, so basically, on the Giants side of the ball, we're only fucking with Saquon Barkley. <laughs> See, I like how you did it on purpose that time. I did. I thought about it. Obviously, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, it'll it'll eventually hit with me, but I said Saquon for so long. So, like <laughs> I said, I, I talked to his mom. She said it's fine. <laughs> she said it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's Saquon, and and that's it. That's that's the Giants. Yeah, Saquon all day for the Giants. Let's talk about our last game for this episode. Baltimore Ravens going into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. These are always good games, usually low-scoring low games. And the Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Ooh, you'll find out in a second why. The over-under is 37 points. Oh, God, that's fucking 
<laughs> Garbage. High school fantasy. football. Yeah, we're talking trash here. Um, so Lamar Jackson is dealing with a sprained PCL on his knee. If you haven't found out by now, you're living under a goddamn rock. So, you know, typically that injury keeps players out from one to three weeks. He is extremely unlikely to play this week, but he has not been officially ruled out. Let's just be real. Lamar Jackson, he ain't playing this week. So we got backup uh, Tyler Huntley. Pretty enticing backup. Um, If I do remember correctly, in recent times, when Tyler Huntley is playing, Mark Andrews is his guy. He targets the shit out of Mark Andrews. I will, hopefully, because Mark Andrews has been pretty trash um, for like four or five weeks. If I remember right, you know, Tyler Huntley played one or two games last year, and Mark Andrews had insane games. Because yeah, have to... he targeted the shit out of him. Huntley started five games last year. Let me see if I can kind of jump back and forth on these guys real quick. Do your research and let me, you know, talk about Mark Andrews for a second. So Mark Andrews, obviously still the tight end two on this season. He has not scored double digit points since week six, which is horrible for you if you've been starting for him. But you have to. It's Mark Andrews. On a per game basis, that means he's only been scoring 6.2 points per game. Since week six, which makes him in a, a not starting tight end, tight end 21. So with, you know, Tyler Huntley in the picture, how does that make you feel about Mark Andrews? Did you get some good stats on this? I did. I think so I'm pretty accurate on this. You Maybe are. I'm wrong. You are. He had a couple major, major games. So in the five games that Huntley started last year or played the majority of the game, Mark Andrews had 11 points, 23 points, 30 points then 12, and then 12 and a half. So he had some very good games, obviously a couple of very, very large games. And if you also look at that, he also was targeted a minimum of 10 times in all those games, except for one. Against the Rams, he only had six, but he still had six catches for 89 yards, so still gave you 12 points. So Mark Andrews looking pretty damn good with Tyler Huntley in. Well, again, hopefully, because like honestly, if you look the last few weeks, Mark Andrews has not played well. Um, he's still a tight end two on the season overall. That shows you how terrible this tight end landscape is. Um, but he hasn't scored double digit points in week six. That's unheard of for Mark Andrews. And if you go from week six to this week um, on a points per game basis, because he has missed a couple games there in that time frame as well, he's only averaging six points a game. That's tight end 21 since week six. Definitely very rough. Yeah, kind of like what I was saying earlier. Like, it's just someone you ride with, but he might have been fucking you in the last, you know, yeah. eight weeks or it's, so. It's crazy. Like, But again, like, that's how bad tight end positions are. He's been tight end 21 for about eight, like you said, seven or eight weeks now. And he's still the tight end two on the season because of the way he played at the beginning of the year. So we're fucking with him, right? <laughs> yeah. With Tyler Huntley, you don't have I a mean... choice. I mean, you drafted Mark Andrews, and more than likely the second or third round, right? Either probably kind of like mid to late second, maybe early third. Um, so that you have to play him. Like, there's no choice. There's no way you're going to find a better option to play in front of Mark Andrews at the tight end position. It's just not happening. Yep, exactly. So Mark Andrews. What about Tyler Huntley, though? Do we? You know, man. 
I, I honestly don't think so. He's enticing. I love backups. I love the underdog story, but well, I mean, he, I, I, in the I games no he played last year, he had a couple of nice games. Um, I mean, really, he had one really good game where he absolutely blew up the other, and then he had three solid out. How can you say solid? Average outings and then one subpar one. But there was exactly. one game so, against Green Bay where he had almost 36 points. He had went 28 of 40 for 215 yards, two touchdowns, then 73 yards and another two touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, but he's he's capable on the ground. He he really is the poor man's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, he's the perfect backup for this offense. Oh, he's perfect, yeah. But you can't expect the running game uh, production from Tyler Huntley because you might be disappointed. That's that's what I've learned from Tyler Huntley. Yeah, and and the one thing that's kind of weird, even though there's so many teams on bye week, there aren't really any like quarterbacks you're worried about not being in your lineup. Based off the way the season's gone, it's you know Mariota and Matt Ryan and or not Matt Ryan, yeah, no Matt Ryan, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Andy Dalton, Ty- Taylor Heineke. The only guy that like kind of hurts you is the fact that Justin Fields is on bye. But other than that, like. All the other teams aren't really rocking with the quarterback he should be playing anyways. Yep, that's a very good point. Very good point. Let's talk about the Steelers side of the ball. You know, the picket to Pickens connection did not connect last week. <laughs> yeah, Pickens had... They missed their flight. Oh, yeah, they, they missed the flight, man. They were just sitting there, just waiting in the terminal. Two targets, one catch, and two yards for George Pickens. Can you see this connection bouncing back, you know, in Pittsburgh? I mean, I hope it does. Obviously, Pickens, like, his stat line's been up and down for, for the season. He gives you some pretty insane and amazing catches throughout the year. Um, this is going to be something that grows over the next few seasons, obviously. And he's not going to, there's no way that's as bad as it was last week, right? Like, it can't be that bad. And so I th- mm-hmm. would think that. They should be fine, and I think Pickens will turn turn it around and give you you know at least flex worthy numbers this week. I can mostly rock with that. Yeah, I love George Pickens, and I I would be willing to throw him my flex definitely. Um, <clears throat> let's wrap it up and talk about this backfield. Najee Harris did not practice on Wednesday with the oblique oh, injury that other, he's been on the other with. side of the sideline, but no, never mind. Ignore me. The same side. Get out of here, same dude. Same side. Yeah, ignore me. I know what I'm, I'm talking about. Same side. <laughs> uh, he did go into Lasky's game with an injury uh, designated. Without. Let me <clears throat> let me restart. He did go into Lasky's game without an injury designation, and he said he had no setback after this game. So this seems more like a rest day with him not practicing on Wednesday so he doesn't tweak the injury. But you got to keep an eye on Najee Harris for the rest of the week, right? Yeah, just to be safe. It sounds like there's not really any concern coming out of coming out of Pittsburgh. But just to be safe, it should be said too. Did you see the clip of Najee Harris and his stiff arm last week? I have, yes, uh, around the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, when he just drove that defender's head into the ground, like it was one of the more, most vicious stiff arms I've ever seen. That dude probably got a concussion. <laughs> I didn't think that when I saw it. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's um yeah, I did see that clip. It's all over Instagram. If you look at football stuff on Instagram, which is apparently the one thing I look at because that's all I see on Instagram. <laughs> they know yeah, your algorithm. Yeah. Oh, they know me, which is I saw that and I was like, thank God, more than 3.9 yards per carry. So that's like the biggest story about him, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> Najee Harris, keep an eye on him. But if he's starting, you're starting him, right? You know, RB2. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, this offense, something changed when they said they were going to bench him. And then, you know, Warren got hurt. And he came back in and was like, hey, let me put my head on my ass and, and put some work in here. So whatever changed, it was for the better. And he's playing, you know, much, much better now. Yeah, he's definitely playing good football in recent weeks. So we're, we got to roll with a high hand. It's looking pretty good. So, yeah, um, that wraps up our early games. You know, talking about who we're starting or sitting. Is there anything I missed, Big Irby? No, I don't think so. Right on. Well, if you haven't by now, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Interact with us. We will interact with you, give you advice, and you will probably win your goddamn games. It's fucking playoff <laughs> season. The time is here. The time is nigh. This is Lord of the Rings, the two towers. The orcs are coming upon the wall. Get your team ready. I don't know what that... Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really finish the metaphor. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the orcs are going upon Minas Tirith. Anyways, enough of the nerd shit. Uh, that is our episode. If you haven't followed... You know, follow us by now or subscribe. Make sure you are on whatever platform you're listening. And uh, yeah, you know, the orcs are nigh. The playoffs are nigh. <laughs> we are on the wall of Minas Tirith. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? I, I do. It just came out of nowhere, man. <laughs> That's what it feels like because the playoffs are coming and we got to win this shit. And we're here with you. And we're trying to help you win them championships, baby. So thank you for listening. Um, this episode comes out on Thursday. Obviously, you listen to it by this point. Uh, and on Friday, we have our late game episode coming out. Talking about uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night football games. Same exact thing. Going over every single game. Let you know who you're going to be fucking with, who you shouldn't be fucking with. And I believe that is all. Yep. Tis. Yeah, the time is nigh. Minutes, Cherith. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, if you have time, watch Lord of the Rings. Fuck it. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you. <laughs> the time is nigh. <laughs>